As an industry, we've made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. But there's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James, and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, I'm joined by Nathan Rose, Senior Project Manager at Xbox. So join us as we explore his journey. This episode of Dev Diary has been recorded at PAX Australia 2019, and as such, there might be an occasional burst of background noise that simply couldn't be avoided. So please, bear with us and enjoy the episode. Thank you again. So today, I'm joined by Nathan. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very well. How's PAX treating you so far? It's early days. It's early. Uh, Jet lag is, is being kind. How long have you been in the country for? This is my third day. Yeah, okay, so what, what the first few days entail while you were here? Um, lots of good lead-up meetings, some oh, great, yeah, some fantastic food. Oh, good. And some amazing coffee. Melbourne in particular is known for it, but yes. that's that's a subjective thing. Yes. So I get but glad yeah. to hear. Yeah. So this is a Dev Diary series we talk to developers from all around the globe and all walks of the industry and they share their stories and I guess their adventures so far through the business. But before we dive into some of the more current day stuff and even the career up to this point, what was your first gaming experience that you recall? Oh, my first gaming experience as a player or as, yeah, as a player, working yeah, in the industry. So These are all things. It was Pong, of course. you know, and just using the paddles. But I think the first one that really kind of dug in was getting asteroids on the twenty six hundred one year for Christmas yeah. and staying up all night playing it just as a kid. high score after high oh, score yeah. after high score. and just the single controller with the yeah. single button and sometimes those, so those kind of more primitive days they're nice to reflect back on it's yeah. so easy yeah it's fun <laughs> and incredibly hard in different oh, ways yeah. as well so yeah. um, how did things kind of develop from there where, where did your interests and taste kind of go as as you I guess grew older through those early yeah, years yeah so I you know obviously kept the passion for video games and I was working with in a video game retailer at one point yep. through high school and yeah, then okay. as I came out of high school I, a friend I worked with there had received a job offer from Hudson Soft yeah, okay. in San Francisco yep. so and they had a small group of about 15 people there and they wanted to promote him and he wanted to bring me in to kind of backfill him yep. and so I ended up being that if you've ever seen that movie The Wizard based oh, yeah, the yeah, Nintendo yeah, movie one. where it's like you know looking through the hit yeah, manuals yeah, and one. answering game questions on phone calls. That was you. That's what I did. That's you. Okay, great. And so I, one of the first games I worked on was Bomberman for the Game Boy and Adventure Island yeah, okay. and Myland Secret Castle and Zexes. I mean, it's and, a good starting point. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's fantastic. It, and uh, compared to the other stories I've had so far, it's a very different way of getting into the industry. So it's, yeah. it's, it's nice to see one of the, the many different ways that it can all spin off from there. Yeah. So then how did how did things kind of begin to develop from there? What, what was the first or the next step, I suppose? The oh. next step for me, I had a passion for production and working with kind of leading teams and putting together teams to yeah. build these amazing products and just be part of, of that atmosphere. And so I went on from, from Hudson to work for Sony, which was at the yep. time Sony ImageSoft. So before the first PlayStation came out. Yeah, it's so, going back a bit now. Yeah, 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 it was. And so I've been in the industry for a little while. Um, but then just the passion for kind of the production, creative design aspects of it. Yeah. And that's where I kind of went through the through the path. Yeah, so then from there, I've got a few things that I was listing. I was, I was digging through your LinkTed LinkedIn before we got, oh, okay. got to this. So we've got the likes of GT Interactive, yes. uh, Universal Interactive. Yes, so I worked on Oddworld and the, the whole Oddworld franchise for GT. 
That'd so I, I managed that. Yeah. That was a lot of fun working with Oddworld inhabitants and, at the and time. The, and the team there. And yeah. Such a and amazing, amazing creativity. Days, yeah. And they're back. It's, and it's, it's I'm so excited. So you're watching that one closely? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And so then I moved kind of, you know, through a couple companies. And uh, before I went to Microsoft and the Xbox team in Mojang, I was at Disney as part of the creative group yeah. in Los Angeles working on all of their mobile products. And so managing anything from Captain America on iPhone to Club Penguin. Club Penguin. Temple Run, there was a Temple yes. Run in there. Yeah. And so we had a partnership with Amanji Studios where I, we created Temple, we created a game based on Temple Run Brave. And so merged the two together. Yeah. And it actually was a lot of fun. And we added an additional mechanic in it, which was archery. And so as you'd be running through the Temple Run-ish environments, you would have to tap on targets as you went through. Yes. And that played into your overall score and currency. Yeah, okay. So, and then from there, I went to Microsoft as part of the Xbox team. At the time, it was Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. So, worked on uh, World of Tanks specifically, bringing that over to console and then managing that. Which was a big that deal when that, first, when that first kind of broke. So, yeah. that'd yeah. be really exciting to be a part of. It was one of the time. first free to play games outside of Happy Wars yep. at the time on so, console. And then, obviously, since then, you've had a bit to do with a fair few other internal yeah. kind of first, second party yeah. studio games. Yeah, a little bit with uh, Sunset Overdrive. Yep. Um, DLC specifically, helped right? ship yeah. that, get it to market, and then DLC as yeah. well. So I wasn't there for the full production, but I was there to help wrap it up. And a little bit in Quantum Break as well. And then most recently, Super Lucky's Tale, yeah. before I moved over to Mojang. And I've been there since January. Yeah, just flashing back to that period, the, the Disney Mobile period that you talked yeah. about there. Was, was mobile always something, because obviously these days it's developed more to the console PC space, yes. your career. Yes. Uh, was, was mobile ever something you'd initially considered as that pathway for you or was absolutely it, was it a step on the way to something else um no not at the time it wasn't a step it was something that was a little bit different to me because yes i had traditionally developed console yeah. products that were not free to play but then moving over to mobile and actually being able to release an experience as early as possible yet kind of mold it and form yeah. it after it was in the player's hands and react off of telemetry and data that yeah, we gathered sense. off of play, play sessions. Um, it just, it gave that opportunity to not have to put a product on a box, put it on a shelf and hope two years and later you can done. make a better one. Yeah, so, so actually, they could live on yeah. beyond that initial and release. That, Which that, is the exciting thing about yeah. what games are at these days too. And that opportunity actually is what got me into Microsoft and okay, specifically great. for World of Tanks. And that, yeah, obviously, it's yeah. that same sort of model. Yeah. Uh, so we obviously mentioned, yeah, Lucky's Tale, Quantum Break, Sunset Overdrive. Uh, there, was a, there was a couple others that you've kind of had a hand in along the way in the form of, sort of State of Decay, Ori, in limited capacities, is that right? Um, that was more from a consumer product standpoint. Yeah. And so um, I had a small role in just uh, creating, like, T-shirts and hats and apparel, yeah. stuffed animals, or stuffed characters based on the franchise and so, so that's something that actually is really helping with minecraft in yeah, general okay. because there's such a big consumer product it's focus and so i know how to how to create partnerships around uh print on demand items yeah. and you order a t-shirt it's not made until you've ordered it yeah okay so and just having that little bit of idea to at least understand what say our big consumer products team is going through when yes. they're trying to create products. It's good to have that knowledge on multiple different yeah. levels. Absolutely. Uh, and there was another one in there that was also credited before we dive into Minecraft and everything around that. Scalebound was also listed in there along the way. Yes, so I was what, on Scalebound for about did a year. Because oh, obviously that was a platinum yes. studio's yes. product. Um, yes. 
before you know end up closing down. Right. So what, what capacity involvement did you have with that particular? I was a senior producer on the project yeah, okay. at the time at uh, in Microsoft Core Publishing or Global Publishing, and so we would liaison with uh, Platinum and yeah. kind of help lead their development path along the way by subsidizing them with say engineers or artists or yeah, designers. Okay. And so we had a small satellite team of about twelve to fifteen people in Seattle. Um, that would help. Yeah, and so I spent a good amount of time at Platinum, and yeah. so within about a year, I was probably over there about five or six times. Okay, and um, because it was with that, as with other kind of partners that are maybe have a different, a little bit of a different work ethic, it was really important to be there with them when they were creating yeah. the product, and not being this kind of remote head or face that was on the on the teleconference every yes. now and then. Yeah, that, that makes so. sense, and yeah, being able to get hands on some yeah. capacity. So. Um, how did because obviously there's been you know discussion about the game and how it yeah. how it never ultimately came to be yeah well I feel like it still lives on even these days in speculation yeah. and rumors and those sort of things um, how were you involved in that final I guess ultimate decision well, that you're going to discontinue was, or yeah, cease to work on I wasn't on the project at the time yeah. and so that was about a year after I left the project okay. to go uh, lead up Super Lucky Sale yeah and so at that point did you feel like everything was still tracking pretty well or was there yeah. some signs to you that maybe things weren't quite right I guess well there are you know and I think with this case is there there's different like work styles and work yeah. ethics that oh, maybe course. don't partnership so yeah. well together maybe some of those cultural and sort of differences so, in some ways a little yeah. bit a little bit but yeah. that's we've had success with other yeah, kind sure. of teams in different territories so it's it wasn't that it was just a you know it just wasn't maybe the right time there were yeah, just okay. there were you know different differences that came into play yeah. but the game was coming along so well yeah. it was I was pretty disappointed to see it being cancelled yeah I, I can understand I mean it's one of those weird things that these days I guess the nature of the way the gaming industry yeah. is not within Microsoft but across the board is that there's not much that tends to get out if, if there's a project right. like that that tends to well we don't yeah. often hear stories these days of what's yeah. falling through like that so, so I guess that by nature it's meant that lots of people right. ask questions about it well that, that game was it. always meant to be about Drew the main character yeah. with his dragon and have at least you know and the number changed depending on when you kind of look at development but yeah. at least three other people with you yeah. with their dragons I as think well. I remember that demo that Phil was a part of yes and yeah. so with Monster Hunter you are one character or a number of characters going up against a large beast. Monster, yeah. But if you each had large beasts with you, it would be a little difficult to rein the them scale, into one. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so hardware came in to be an issue as well as just the experience overall yeah, and making sure we could tailor that to be something that was successfully kind of yeah, understood. interpreted. I guess, yeah, make, yeah. It's a tricky so, one and ultimately, yeah, I guess, in part led yeah. to the final outcome. Yeah. A shame, but who knows how that, you know. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it allowed you to jump across Super Lucky's Tale and now yeah. eventually into Minecraft, which yeah. you're here uh, today or this weekend at PAX to talk in great part about Minecraft, yeah. so we should probably get to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how does, for you, how does this project, I mean, Minecraft is such a big name, it's carried so much weight right. before it became a part of the Microsoft family and, and since. Um, what is it like for you personally to be working on a project such as that? Now, it's obviously not the, the Minecraft, the original, right. it's, it's yeah. Dungeons. Um, but how's that for you being able to work on an IP such as that? Oh, it's it's fantastic. 
and you know, just seeing people and knowing that they're lining up to play the game that There's you're a lot involved of people in. Out there. We were been, out. As you yeah. saw when we came out, they were making the line longer just to accommodate the people. And you quick, and to, quick so, to take a photo of the extra yes, tape and all those yes, sort of things. Because the as team, you should. the development team back in Stockholm, they're not exposed, or yeah. a number of the, the members are not exposed to just the passion and excitement that comes across. Yeah. And so we went to Gamescom. We brought a couple of our engineers to help us staff the booth for obviously to help, but more importantly for them to experience people yeah. playing a game that they had been so kind of quietly developing for a couple of years. So it started it's off really as a hackathon project in just a small title. And then it started to blossom. I mean, we maybe have 25 people in Stockholm yeah, on okay. it. So it's been a very small project and very insulated. And it's just, it's an amazing experience. So being in the industry so long, never experiencing something like this where there's just such a long queue of people that are extremely happy and comfortable waiting in line for two hours to play your game. Yeah. And they'll get back in line again. There's a good chance from, from some of the feedback that I've already heard so yeah. far from a few media friends that got in uh, a little bit early on. And they're, they're already so talking about how play. they might be able to get back. So it's so easy fantastic. to hop in and play it and especially play it with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, you're talking about the size and the scope of that particular studio. Yeah. You've obviously worked with a whole bunch of studios uh, at different points of development, yes. different sizes. How do you personally adjust your expectations? As you're moving around and you're obviously right. visiting these different studios at different points, um, how do you manage to adjust your sort of expectations? Because they're obviously different. The, the nature of the project yeah. is very different. The, the point in development is obviously right. different right. from visit to visit. Yeah. How do you kind of find yourself adjusting because you're jumping in at different points in those stages? A, a little. I mean, I try you're to be consistently in from beginning to end, yeah. but there are opportunities. Like, again, like Dungeons, where I, I was added to the project about kind of right when we were adding consoles. So yeah. it was quietly a PC project for a couple of years, and then it was decided to add console. And it's like, well, we need more people to kind of manage that effort. And so... Um, it, it really depends on the partner. Where again, we use Platinum as an example, where they had 100, 120 people there working on this one project and a different kind of culture yeah. too. Where Stockholm and the, the Mojang team, they have a different culture as well. And one of the first kind of to-do items or one of my first focuses when I joined the team was to absorb their culture. Yeah. And so not come Learn at it, the way they not come at it from somebody that's part of, you know, at the time, Xbox headquarters, yep. but come at it as being a team member of Mojang and that team that's building it. Yep. So um, it's just about, for me, it's about adjusting the way that I work with others, even if it's just as, as easy as I'm going to front load my day every other day and my day starts at 6 a.m. and ends at yep. 2 instead of 9 to 5. Or yeah, something like that, and so just adapting that um, with platinum, embracing that, yeah, and that with with platinum and other partners as well. It was really important to have video conferences with them so that they could see your face and yeah. just be able to have that Not connection. This disembodied with voice, that's, right? Yeah. Where others, it maybe isn't isn't as important. Yeah. So I was having a call. So usually with with Stockholm, it's just you know we have I'm there a lot. I'm there on site a, a fair amount, but sometimes it's just conference calls and it's daily touch yeah. bases. But last night I was talking to the team from my hotel room and we had a video conference going and it's such a different experience. On that fantastic Melbourne Wi-Fi. Yeah, it was okay. It <laughs> was patchy. it was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's such a different experience just to be able to put that face to it. Yeah. And so point being is you just have to be able to adapt. And that's what I've learned is more importantly not to not to disrupt yeah. the team's culture. I can't stress that enough. No, no, and that's totally understood. 
how, again, kind of focusing on guess, on a larger scale when it comes to Minecraft. Yes. Is obviously the main, the mainstream kind yes. of main title. Um, how do you feel like, not just individually, but I guess as a whole studio, as a, as a publisher, um, how do you kind of manage the expectations? Because obviously there's this incredibly, yeah. incredibly high opinion of yes. Minecraft itself. Yes. And then this is a very different experience in, in a host of ways, and in right. other ways it'll be quite similar as well. Right. But it is different, which yeah. instantly means people have to look at this through a different lens. How right. do you feel like you manage those expectations? And well, you know, externally, but even internally, and in how yeah. you approach development. Well, uh, you know, and again, it started before my time, but it's um, everything we have in the game is pulled from Minecraft vanilla. Yeah. So from the levels to the characters to the weapons, we have added some new characters. But the thing is, we need to add them to the lore as yeah. well, because whether or not Minecraft has a story, there is still a lore that goes yeah, into 100%. all of it. And it continues to build. Yes. For one of the and so we can't just say, oh, we want to create, you know, for example, uh, you know, we have we have creepers. They're known for being green. They're known yeah. for being explosive. We can't all of a sudden create a blue one that shoots ice out when he explodes. I mean, yeah, it needs to be able to work within the constraints that have already been set. to do that. Yeah. It's like, how was he? How did he become blue? Why is he not green? Where did he get the ice from? Is he only in the ice? It's like, you yeah, know, that makes just, sense. So justified internally really before you justified externally. Absolutely, that makes sense. And so there is a full process for including new characters to that. Um, so yes, so making sure that so all of our levels or biomes are you will find them in Minecraft. It's not going to be yeah. something like, oh, that's that's new. I don't recognize that. So we're trying to keep everything recognizable to the Minecraft fan, yet add, in this case, combat and multiplayer elements to bring in some yeah, new that, players. That was definitely going to be one I was going to ask yeah. you about, the, the solo versus the multiplayer sort of aspect right. there, because obviously the original Minecraft can be a very, depending on how you wish to yeah. play it, of course, can be a very isolating experience and you just well, you're playing, immerse yourself in your own little world and you build it up and Yeah, and you go. sometimes it doesn't feel as though it is you're uh, doing multiplayer. It's more yeah. playing in the same universe and realm. But you're still coming where, out your little yes. your patch. Yeah, and you could be way over there doing yeah. your own thing. I'm way over here doing my own thing and they build up into this one grand scheme. Yeah. But with dungeons, there is a benefit to staying together and operating and functioning as a team because yeah. there are enchantments in the game that then help my team, but only if they're close enough to me to get that, like a strength enchantment or yes. something. And so, um, and it is more bite-sized uh, experiences. Yeah, okay. So instead of maybe diving in in creative mode and building this big structure, it takes hours, it takes hours, hours and hours. Yeah. This you can pop in. Let's play. The, let's play Creeper Woods. Hop in 15 minutes, you're in and out. Well, that's what you were talking about the, before we started recording, the demo being a 12-minute long yeah, the vertical slice. Absolutely. It's pop in, play, yep. pop out if that's what you and wish. And you can finish the demo in 12 minutes. Yeah, okay. But if you start to explore off the path, you're getting a different perspective, but you're definitely not going to finish the demo. Yeah, okay. I'll keep that in mind when I have a go at it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a little bit further, so there's the, you were li- uh, kind of vaguely leading into the, the storytelling approach there and how yes. that kind of differs to what you've been talking about elsewhere. Yes. Um, what should fans, I guess, be expecting larger scale when it comes to it? Well, we a narrative do, plot we do sort have of thing. a narrative. Yeah. It is um, all about the arch illager, which is this illager that has come across this cube that then corrupts him yep. and turns him into this kind of being that can then force others to his will and create these big redstone monstrosities yep. that then attack you. Um, but it is a very light story. Yeah. It, it motivates you along your path, gives you a goal. Enough to give you a direction. Interacts with you along the way. Every biome we have has an intro, a story intro yeah, okay. to it, but it is all cohesive to the same goal of taking down the Archillager. Fantastic. 
That's, that sounds really cool. Um, yeah. Especially, yeah, because obviously the mainstream Minecraft, it's it's kind of whatever you want to make of it in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And then obviously we've seen story mode come up as a, as a different sort of approach in that regard. Right. But it's good. Yeah. And again, bite size being the real key. That's that's fantastic to hear. Cycling back to, as we start to kind of wrap this thing up a little bit, and we, uh, we cycle back to you and your career so far. Of those tiles you've worked on at Xbox, and we'll, we won't count Minecraft because it's not done. Okay. Do you have a favourite child of those that you worked at, uh, worked on along the way or had you any know, sort of involvement with? Is there well, one that just sits really fondly in your mind? Well, I think, you know, Super Lucky's Tale, because of the development team, Playful Studios, yep. they have, and I speak about culture a lot because that is so important. Of course. To me, especially because I've been in the industry for so long and have experienced different work ethics. Playful Studios just has something that makes you feel like family when you walk in the door. Yep. It is just a fantastic experience. And that helped kind of make the product that yep. much better because there was that passion behind it. Yeah, 100%. So, you know, we've all been in situations where there's no passion on something and you just want to kind of get through it, be done with it, and move on to that next thing that you hope will bring that hook. Yeah, of course. So, but that's, but, that's the one that really sticks to you. And to go from, go from that fantastic experience to this one, I mean, it's been... It's been a really great couple of years. I mean, both those titles, so Lucky's yeah. Tale itself and then inevitably when Minecraft Dungeons comes out, I've got a one-year-old son. And I, okay. It's the sort of Those are the sort of titles where I really look forward to passing yeah. the control over to him whenever that is, when he's decided he doesn't want to use it as a chew toy. Um, and, you know, really immerse himself in those sort of experiences and they're, they're perfect ones for that. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear that those are the ones that are really, you know, yeah, reverberating and sticking with you the most. It's, that's great to hear. For you... Personally, has there been anyone or multiple people that have been particular influences to you and the way you approach your time in this business? So it could be, many. It could be a I lot mean, of people, yeah. It's it's hard. I mean, I had mentors at Disney that really kind of brought me along the path. Yeah. Um, because Disney is really focused on building worlds and experiences for players. Yeah. Because obviously intellectual properties are their kind of mainstream. Um, Microsoft was a little bit different because yeah. they're heavily engineering driven. So yeah, I, I, it was all about what are you doing to show off the hardware? Yep. How are you doing? It's like not not being you know um, dismissive about what you're building, but it's more important how it supports the hardware. Yep. But with this product in particular, Dungeons and Super Lucky's Tale, it's the perfect kind of, I guess, mesh has come together that's brought the two creative and engineering together. So. Yeah, so um, I think, yeah, Disney had, there were, um, my boss at the time was fantastic and kind of, she, she really knew Disney, but then also yep. how to create those experiences and help me focus on that. At, in Minecraft in particular, there's been some amazing, amazing support structures through yep. there, both working with Stockholm, but then also with hey, Redmond. And, um, you know, Helen Chang, who runs the Minecraft business for us, is just, you know, fantastic. She's, been, she's been amazing to work with. That's great to hear. Uh, have there been any particular, you know, really valuable lessons you've picked up along the way? Is it some, maybe something that someone said that's, you know, you're having maybe that, that tough day or something like that at, uh, on the job, whatever the job might happen to be at the time, something that's really stuck with you that just keeps buzzing around your head that maybe has helped, helped you overcome a particular scenario or just helps you get through that day or... I don't know. I, I, don't, I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a tricky it's sort a, of one. There's so many little, little things you pick up from different people. Well, I way. think yeah. what I've... And it's your team as well. Not just don't react, people. really. Yeah. And just kind of say, for example, if you get an email that is, you know, again, email doesn't have emotion to it. Yeah. And so just sit back, absorb it, and then respond. Yep. And so me, I guess Which one thing Which a lot of people could learn from. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like you feel you have to respond right away. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, because maybe you're not going to say what you should be saying. Yeah. 
and you're going to make the situation worse. Yeah. And so I think for me, it's like I learned a long time ago just to kind of, you know, maybe have a little more, I guess, patience and tolerance and just sit back yeah. and let things take a path and then kind of hop in. Yeah, of course. So I don't uh, know. That's, no, it's, no, that's, it's, hey, that's, that's perfect. Kind Every, of everyone kind of has their, their different things there that kind of yeah. help get them through whatever yeah. the case is. And I mean, taking a breath and making sure yeah. you don't respond yeah, rashly good, yeah. is not a bad thing whatsoever. Yeah, I guess to put it into a package, yeah, it's about take, taking your breath. Yeah, so that's, no, that totally works. Um, any particular really treasured memories that you've picked up along the way? Something that you really stick with you, that, that real highlight from the career so far? Is there one that maybe rises above all the others? Who knows, it might be still more, it might still be to come in a lot of ways. fantastic memories. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's not necessarily one that stands out. Yeah, that's fair but, but yeah, there's there's been some. They're, they're continuing to build. Yeah. Uh, one last question before we deal with any kind of social media bits and pieces and those sorts of things. Uh, if there was one game in all of existence that you that doesn't matter the platform anything like, that you would love to have been credited for in any way, whatever the capacity, what would it be? Well, the in, one of the inspirational pieces for Dungeons obviously is Diablo and Gauntlet. Yep. In the in the play mechanics, and I was a huge fan of Diablo just throughout the entire series. So that's you know, that's I a think probably choice. honestly anything that Blizzard works on. That's fair. That so is. from Hearthstone to Diablo to Overwatch to whatever. I mean, that's that's where my kind of many many hours of gameplay have yeah, gone okay. into that Over whole family of products back to Warcraft. The original and now one. you have the luxury of working on something that kind of leans a little bit into oh, that space yeah. as well so i bet it'd yeah. be a real thrill yeah uh nathan if anyone was trying to catch up with you learn more about you reach out to you where would they be best to go or if they want to learn more about the game as well um well definitely go to uh geez, what is it My, well yes go to minecraft.net and yeah, we have the whole family of products that rolls up to yep. to that right. moniker and you could always I don't even I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. No, that's okay. Um, so I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. You can always yeah. I'll you dig can it out. Always I'll find me on, on Twitter. So perfect, Nathan. Thank you very much for coming okay. aboard on the show today. Thank you for sharing your story and awesome. long may these successes continue. When should people expect to be getting their hands on Minecraft Dungeons? Spring. Well, our autumn here there. in autumn, but elsewhere in spring of 2020. So next year. Fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing your story today and good luck in the future. Thank you. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share it with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you would like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however, that's been Nathan's story. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.